Welcome back to your haunted holiday. This is Lisa. And this is Lindsay. And today, Lindsay, we are going to a pretty creepy place, I think. It's our first orphanage. Ooh, this sounds creepy. I mean, it shouldn't be. I mean, it's it's kind of sad, really, isn't it? But, you know, there's like the movie called The Orphanage. and Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's more sad, but certainly creepy. I don't think we've covered an orphanage in the past. This is actually in Minnesota. And I think this there's some interesting haunting stuff going on at this place. This is your haunted holiday at the Public School Orphanage Museum in Awatana, Minnesota. Before we get started, Lisa, I do have two special shout outs. We have two new patrons this week. Uh, We've got Tara, uh, who joined us, and she's got the Haunted Extended Stay, as well as username Lawyer Mom, which I actually think is one of our listeners, Heather, that sent us an email a while back. She actually lives in Seattle. If I am getting this wrong, Lawyer Mom, please send me an email. (laughs) You know how to reach me. You're a Patreon member, so you can reach me pretty quickly. So they get that extra bonus episode every single month. We so appreciate your support of this show and for listening. It it makes a huge difference for us because it really helps us pay some of our general expenses that add up while we do this each episode. So we so appreciate your support. Thank you. And this is our special shout out to you, Tara and Lawyer Mom. And I really hope you guys are enjoying those extra monthly episodes. I think we have eight or nine of them out there now on the Patreon page. And we just did the most terrifying episode we've ever done, which was all about the hat man. And honestly, it was like scary to have to sit there. We Lindsay researched it. Then we recorded it. Then I had to edit it. And I was like, I just need this to be done and gone and posted on the (laughs) Patreon page because I don't want to hear about this hat man anymore. I don't want to listen to it anymore. In fact, I I will say over the last several weeks since we recorded it, I have not slept so well. I watched that documentary. It freaked me out. The hat man is just super scary. Well, let's just never discuss it ever again. How about that? Yes, the hat man is never to be discussed again now that the episode is out there. (laughs) All right, everybody. Well, let's get into our episode on the Public School Orphanage Museum. And it is no hat man, but it is certainly got some haunted happenings going on here. And this was an institution originally built in 1886 for orphaned, abandoned, and abused kids that were moved into this building. And so think about it this way, you know, a kid is being abused by their parents and they need to be, you know, taken over by the state, almost like you think about like the foster system today before that was in place. This is where these kids would go. They would go into this institution and if they were put up for adoption or even just abandoned sometimes. Mm. So you can imagine the sentiment around this place is sad. It's not that this is necessarily a horrible place. I mean, this was built with really good intentions because they wanted a place for these children to go. Before this was built in Minnesota, the children there under these same circumstances would have been sent to what is called a county 
poor farm. And the problem that they had with this is not only are there children there who have been orphaned, but there's troubled adults like alcoholics, drug addicts, people that just for whatever reason were not able to take care of themselves in society. And they didn't really think that having kids mixed with these troubled adults was the right thing to do. And that's why they built this in 1886. And it was very much a self-sustained community with farms, electricity before the town even had electricity, that kind of thing. Interesting. It kind of reminds me, I don't know all the history of it, but you know, we're from Omaha. We grew up in Omaha most of our lives and there's a place called Boys Town there. I almost wonder if it's similar, although I don't remember all the history about Boys Town, but it it reminds me of that because it was semi-self-sustaining from what I remember way back in the day. Yes. And I mean, a lot of these kids were, you know, doing the farm work and stuff like that as they got older. I just can't imagine, you know, being left behind, you know, being abandoned for whatever reason. Maybe it's abandonment. Maybe it's something else. Maybe some sort of tragedy occurred, you know, that left a child without parents for whatever reason. Right. So it is really sad to think about the general aura of this place, probably I'm sure there was some happiness there, but in general, I mean, it. tragedy surrounds this. Absolutely. It, it totally does. I think it is tragic. And the reality is, Lindsay, most of these kids, their entire childhood was lived kind of like in this institution without family, without parents. You know, the dream, of course, for most of these children was to be adopted and have these wonderful lives. But the reality for most of them is that just didn't happen. They just lived out, you know, their childhood here in this this situation, which, like I said, was built with the best of intentions. It, it didn't seem to be horrible like we hear about some of these places back in the day. But one of the things that they do say, there are a lot of people that that were raised here and still to this day talk about the abuse and corporal punishment that would happen back then. You know, how we treat children then versus today, what's acceptable is very, very different, especially when, you know, you're dealing with people that have, you know, power and they are putting these kids through a lot of abuses as well. That's really unfortunate because I do think most people are good and they have good intentions and all of that, but you can get that bad person or people involved with children or anyone that's vulnerable and they take advantage, which is super awful. And you see that in, I hate to say this, but some institutions, right? Where, where someone who has some power and they're, they're, they have the ability to be kind of overlooked or maybe people just agree with someone who has authority Right. Yeah. Or they it's just look sad. the other way. They're they're too scared to say something. I, I think that happens a lot too. Totally. I mean, abuse happens still to this day. I imagine it was probably worse back then just because of the standard of care that we expect now, right? Like there's just different standards that uh, like Child Protective Services have today compared to the late 1800s. But that being said, abuse happens all the time. Even today, there's just bad people out there. No doubt about that. 
Now, the orphanage actually closed in 1945, and throughout that time frame, from 1886 to 1945, this building actually housed approximately 10,000 children, and there's actually a cemetery on site as well that has 198 graves for children that passed away while I was in their care and, you know, didn't have family to take them on. Think about things like the 1918 flu pandemic that really was terrible to children. You know, we think mm-hmm. about COVID having lesser impact on kids, whereas this flu pandem- pandemic back then did have a major impact on kids, unfortunately. So illness, things like that happen. Kids passed away during this time frame. And actually, when the gravestones were first put up, they just had a number on them. And the townspeople years and years later ended up looking up, who are these children? We can't just leave a number on their tombstone. We need to Mm -hmm. actually, you know, put their name on it. And they went and they looked up through the records who each of these kids were that were in the cemetery and replaced those headstones with headstones with their names on it. So if you go today, which you can certainly go to, and we'll talk about that, now you will actually see the children's names. Gosh, Lisa, you know, I don't think that you picked the most lighthearted episode today. This is a truly, truly anything involving like children, abuse, death, anything with kids, because they're just innocent, right? You hate to see anyone go through a hard time, even if maybe they were one of the kids there that were well-treated and, you know, luckily had a place to stay and a place that took care of them, right? It's still, still sad, right? This is just a bummer of an episode a little bit, Lisa. I hate to say it. It's a little bit of a bummer. Yeah. Sorry. It is a bit of a bummer, but that's what happens in these episodes sometimes. It's a bummer. You know, you just... We're talking about hauntings and we talk about tragedy and these emotions tied to these locations. Unfortunately, a lot of times it's a bummer. Yeah. All right. But let's talk about the rest of the history of this place. In 1945, this actually reopened as a state school for children with developmental disabilities. And they say at that time is really when like the corporal punishment and all of the abuse kind of stopped because... There was a different standard for the time, different staff in the location, that kind of thing. In 1970, it was abandoned and eventually was repurposed as a museum, which is what it is today in honor of the kids that lived in the orphanage. Oh, nice. I like that. So it's kind of, it's in honor of them to remember the situation. And that's kind of nice. I I like that they did that. Your Haunted Holiday now has Patreon. That's right. If you're a YHH addict and just want more, you can now get access to early released episodes and member exclusive episodes. Exclusive episodes will feature exciting new paranormal topics that don't fit our typical format, but I am dying to discuss them with our listeners. Think Bigfoot, UFOs, and other infamous hauntings. You can also get updates on some of our most recent trips with content that just didn't really fit into one of our normal episodes. Sign up now at patreon.com forward slash your haunted holiday or go to yourhauntedholiday.com to find the link.
So, Lindsay, this is not your typical haunted location. I think of like an old orphanage or asylum, and I think of a place that is really built for ghost hunting, where there's all kinds of different tours offered like that. Not really the case here. I could not find a lot of inf- any information actually on the website itself about the haunting. It's really all about the history and the types of tours that you can take and that kind of thing. However, I mean, this is known as one of Minnesota's most haunted locations. And I think it makes a lot of sense as to why it would be haunted as well as, you know, some of the hauntings that we're going to talk about here. You know, most of it is pretty simple, basic stuff. A lot obviously revolving around children, but there are a couple kind of odd things that I don't think we've really encountered at a location before. Some of the things that you should expect are movement of objects, specifically books. There are books in this location as part of the museum. They say a lot of times those books will get thrown off of the shelves. Caretakers here have also experienced doors open and closing on their own. Pretty standard stuff. Yeah, like that seems, it's interesting that it's books though, because I mean, I suppose if you were to go to this place and try to ghost on, that would be a good trigger object. For sure. And, you know, we talk about it kind of like footsteps, like, oh, this is standard stuff. But if a book got thrown in front of my face... (laughs) I would be like, whoa, like that's major, right? Absolutely. It's something that happens at a lot of these locations. So I call it out. But I mean, that would be pretty amazing to see a book fly off a shelf or even a door open or close because I've personally never seen that. And I ask all the time when we're in those haunted hotels, Lindsay, I'll be like, if somebody's here with us, close that door for us right now. And you usually are like, if something closes that door, I am getting out of this room. (laughs) And unfortunately, nobody's ever closed the door. It never happens. It never happens. Although I asked that same question, Lisa, I've gotten braver over the years and we still haven't seen it happen. So let's wait and see. You know, listeners, the day that we have a door shut when we ask it to, we'll let you know. And we'll let you know how we react because maybe Lisa's going to be the one running out of there. We'll see. Oh, I probably will run out of there. If a door closes, that would, fr- especially on command, Ooh, that yeah. would, I mean, that would be pretty startling. Hopefully I think. we would catch that one on camera. I mean, how it, cool it, would that be? And we go to enough places, Lindsay, and doors opening and closed, closing is pretty much at every location. Like, it's bound to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen one day. Oh, yes. It is definitely going to happen. The other thing that you want to look for here are extreme cold spots so I'm not talking like oh there's like a draft through a window or a vent no it is a distinct change in temperature without any sort of draft occurring in the basement there so they have different things here like there's different events and stuff that happen on the campus like art classes sometimes and stuff like that and some of the art classes are in like the basement area and people have reported seeing silhouettes out of the corner of their eye just kind of like gliding by windows and stuff like that Hmm. that seems like shadow people rolling around down there maybe (laughs) or maybe just full full body apparitions right so in this instance for the most part for people it's out of the corner of the eye 
However, there are full-bodied apparitions seen here. Um, I'll talk about one here in a bit, but there are all kinds of children apparitions seen throughout this place, wandering the halls in the cemetery. Oddly enough, there's children seen out there, but that cemetery existed when it was an orphanage. So those kids could have been hanging out at that Mm -hmm. cemetery, right? So that to me does make some sense. But also talking about the children, they are heard everywhere in this place. So they're seen in apparition form, but mostly you're gonna wanna listen for them. People say that they hear things like laughing, which is creepy, even though at least they're having fun. You know, I know this is a downer of an episode, but the kids are playing, right? So people hear that. They also hear kids crying, wah, wah, wah. Sorry about that, yeah. And sometimes they're even heard singing as well. Hmm. So having fun playing, singing a song. So all the emotions of children, I mean, let's be real, like kids cry, laugh, sing, all of the things on a good day, right? Sometimes, right? So I don't know, the crying thing, it's terrible. You know, we've heard much more tragic things of ghosts, like cowering in a corner and like a jail, which is sad, you know? So it's at least not that, I mean, who the heck knows? I'm, I'm kind of wondering if this is a residual thing or if this is an intelligent situation. Mm. It kind of sounds residual so far to me, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right. I have not heard of anything like directly responding to somebody here. Although it doesn't mean that it hasn't happened. I mean, there is limited information out there about what is occurring here. But I agree. I think most of it sounds residual. The other residual thing, oddly enough, even though it's an orphanage that you want to pay attention for, is the smell of cigar smoke. So not only children, potentially an adult, somebody who worked there is haunting this place, they do say that they have actually seen the apparition of an older man kind of shuffling around wearing a brown suit, and maybe that is what is tied to this cigar smoke. Ooh, that's that's kind of cool. Something to watch for. Yes. The other thing that you get, a lot of people when they go in here, is they just have this feeling of dread. Like, you know, they just feel the sadness and the dread in their gut. People, I think, usually people that are maybe a little bit more sensitive to that kind of stuff. Like I can tell you, our friend Megan, I I think she's a little bit more sensitive because she's walked into some of these places and has been like, oh my gosh, like I can just feel, you know, dread. And I'm like, I don't feel anything. It's weird. Right. But right. I, you know, I don't feel anything. We went know. into the basement of the Sorrel Weed House and she was like, I got to get out of here. Although she, she made it through and she ended up staying the whole time. But she felt like this, just, she was totally freaked out. Yeah. Um, But it kind of dissipated over time. But yeah, Lisa and I just don't catch these feelings, guys. I, I kind of wish we did, but we just don't. Yeah. Now, the other thing that's very unusual that people experience, and I wish I could see what these people are seeing, is they say that the floors will actually move and warp in front of your eyes. Huh. That is unusual. Yeah, I had never heard of that one before. It makes me think maybe somebody's on another substance, but I don't think that's the case because it's (laughs) 
multiple people saying that they're seeing the floors, you know, kind of shifting and, and moving right in front of them, which is very strange. How weird. Like, I always like to throw my random theories out there on these episodes, but I don't really think I have a good theory for this. I. What if it's no. like, what if it's like residual energy? Because I mean, this place has been restored over the years. It was abandoned. What if it's the residual energy, like showing you what the old floors look like? And so as you see that change, it looks like they're kind of warping and, and moving, but it's really showing you maybe it used to be tile and now it's carpet or something. I don't know. I mean, maybe, or maybe it's like uh energy of like a spirit or an apparition that just happens that you look down at the floor and you're you're kind of trying to look through it but you don't realize that's what it is oh maybe like it's something trying to manifest maybe i, I mean this is just maybe way off this is just my theory hey and these are children haunting the place so mm-hmm. it would make sense that people are looking down so oh, that's true i mean could be something The last thing that this place is known for is several phone calls over the years that have been made to the police where they track the number, they can see that, well, we got this call from the public school orphanage museum, but nobody was responding. That's strange. Police go and look in the middle of the night and it is empty and nobody is there. So they're kind of like phantom phone calls. Ooh. And it's interesting that they're calling the police. Yes. Maybe they're calling to report abuse or something. Maybe. I mean, maybe, but you got to think like late 1800s. I don't think there was like a 911 dial situation. I mean, when did that take effect? Although, I mean, they were there through the mid 1940s. So who knows? I mean, maybe there was some, some option or maybe, you know what, Lisa? Sometimes these ghosts adapt to the new technology. We see it with televisions all the time maybe they're calling 911 saying hey help us maybe this place Lindsay is a non-profit organization so for the most part when you go to tour this it is free but they recommend a two dollar donation which is not required but appreciated and if you're listening and you go please if you can give them at least a two dollar donation because that's really what is keeping this place updated and available to the public to go see totally i mean i think it's worth at least five my goodness like i'm shocked it's only two dollars Right, we go from doing the expensive Hamilton Turner in last week to free with a small donation appreciated this week. That I really try to show you can go ghost hunting at pretty much any budget, everybody. Absolutely. Now, these the tours for the most part are self-guided tours and the museum itself is open seven days a week. You'll want to go to their website to see what their hours are. It's typically kind of like your eight to five time frames. And those are self-guided. There's also tours of the entire campus. So 
What's open every day is kind of the museum where they have the different display cases and, and stuff like that that you can look at. But the entire campus itself is open May through November, where you can go in and you can see a lot more stuff, you know, some of the different quarters that the kids were in, you know, that kind of thing. So I would definitely recommend that. There's also group tours available if you want to book something ahead of time for a group of 10 or more. This does require a fee. They just don't have the fee listed on the website. You would need to contact them if that's something that you're interested in and get more information on that. But something that I was noticing, I looked at TripAdvisor just to kind of get an idea of what people thought of these, this museum and the tour, see if there was any ghost stuff. And there was some reviews about ghosts and the feeling of dread and hearing children laughing and things like that. But the biggest takeaway that I got from looking at the reviews is how quiet this place is, especially during the week. A lot of the people said that, you know, they pay their $2 donation, they're the only ones in the place, and they spent like two hours looking at the displays and looking at the different things on the campus here. And I read that and was like, it sounds like you're kind of left to do whatever you want. Bring your ghost equipment because it doesn't sound like hardly anybody else is there during the week. Totally. I was thinking the same thing. I was thinking if it's self-guided, that's so much better than a guided tour in this case because you just make it your own tour. Right. Do whatever you want. Go find the most haunted area in the, in the place and hope that you catch something. Yes. And one of the things that I read is the third floor is the most haunted, but I think there's activity everywhere. There was nothing that said why the third floor was the most haunted, but I'd be curious if somebody's familiar with this place let us know. But yeah, it sounds kind of like you have a little bit of free reign, which is awesome because you could spend like five hours in this place, maybe by yourself if there's no other visitors that day right. and just ghost hunt. I mean, and maybe somebody runs across you in there with your K2 meter or whatever you're using and they think you're nuts, but oh well, you'll never see them ever again, right? I mean, odds are low. <laughs> you're you're so at no you're at an abandoned orphanage, people. Like, you should expect ghost hunters here. <laughs> 100%. I think it sounds super awesome. But there was no particular specific ghost tour or anything like that here. It's just really about the museum more than anything. Yes. Well, this place sounds really cool. If we're ever up in Minnesota, we may have to check this out. Although it sounds kind of sad, kind of creepy. But it does sound like there's some real activity there to potentially catch. It sounds like a, a cool place that I'd like to go. All right. If you're enjoying the show, thank you so much. Make sure to rate us five stars and spread the word to your friends and family. That's how we grow as a show. If you've got friends like the paranormal or even just history, you think they might enjoy the show, spread the word, let them know about us. Thank you so much. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Have a great week. And I hope you had a very happy new year. Thanks for listening. Yes. Happy New Year's, everybody. Stay safe and healthy. Mm -hmm.